Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. We are back again with CD edition of the Propane Business Podcast. I should clarify, CD only refers to if you're watching this on YouTube because <laughs> British winter and it's getting dark so quickly and I haven't yet invested in one of those makeup ring lights yet. So um, we both... He's well, going to look beautiful when he has. By oh, the way. Flawless. Oh my. <laughs> So we're here with Alex and we want to talk about three reading habits that turn your brain into mush. And we are privileged to have a man with a writing degree in their building. So yes. he knows a thing or two about reading books and stuff. Yes, many, many, many books. It was just so my like master's degree at Columbia was just like, well, I don't know if you had the experience of being a doctor of just well, you talked about it, like a fire hose, like trying to drink from a fire hose and catch as much water as possible. It was very much the same with with fiction books and loads of different kinds of books with my degree. Um, and I think there's there's stuff that you gain from that and there's stuff that you lose. And we're definitely going to talk about that today in, in oh, terms of reading habits. You know what? I I would take a medical degree any day of the week because being told like, quick, read Pride and Prejudice by Friday, you'd be like, oh, mate, like... <laughs> And it's always Pride and Prejudice, isn't it? It's always like that's well, the well, no, stuff. no, not in the Masters. Once you un- once you unlock the Masters degree, you go a bit more. You get, go a bit more off the reservation with some stuff. It's you. I've I've read some interesting shit, but yes, we're, we're going. We can talk about some of that today. Let's do it. So, so I think um, reading mistake number one is not focusing on. So, so just treating reading as a passive thing where like you're basically the sieve and the information just comes in and passes right through you. There has to be some degree of consolidation or active recall, which could even, doesn't have to be that you're taking these like amazing notes and making flashcards or any of that, unless that's the depth of recall that you need for the book. But it could simply be when you close the book or when you finish a chapter, just going, what was that about? Or what's the main takeaway for that? And just that little bit of reflection the data shows that it bumps up recall by a, a massive whack. I'm going to make up a percentage here. 16,000%. 16,000, yes. No, I've, I think I've seen that in the literature somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I, I totally agree. I think it, it's so important. And, and you know, you talked about you don't have to have flashcards, you don't have to do stuff like that. Obviously, in my writing degree, we were trying to learn to write. So a great thing would be to try and emulate the writing you just saw. Now, in terms of if you're running like a personal training business, obviously you're not trying to write Pride and Prejudice. Or well, you might be. Pride and Prejudice with gains would be a fascinating read. But but in terms of kind of how to apply that to your own learning, if it's a nonfiction book and there's some business concepts in there, you know, actually writing down what those concepts are and thinking, how can I apply those to what I'm doing? Or maybe even having a conversation with someone as well. That's why book clubs work. 
That's why people have book club, well, for many reasons. But the social aspect of sharing and discussing stories and discussing ideas. Um, Such a good point. I always thought book clubs were really lame. But actually, looking back, it's like, ah, oh, it's not about like not having any friends and be, that being the substitute for it's like it's about the book it's, it's about really yeah. digesting that idea digest the ideas when that and, and having open discussion and seeing how different people interpret those different things and I, I think there's a lot of lessons in terms of well life in general but in terms of if you're doing it for business like if for example you had someone else who's a friend who's a personal trainer and you're like or 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 if it's maybe you're trying to be more productive and you have someone in your life who's also trying to be more productive if you both read the book at the same time and then you have someone to reflect those ideas off i mean look that's why i think you and johnny are so successful with propane is that you got you built that together that's i think one kind of key thing to the success is that you could absorb concepts a lot better because you had something to bounce it off as opposed to the interior of your brain yeah and we've we've got quite a a nuanced um or like a our opinion on reading is that on the one hand you can end up mindlessly in acquisition mode and never implementing anything and just reading the next bestseller or the next one um but on the other hand it's not not doing any of it and so finding the way to balance that by making sure that implementing is the focus and that you you read with an intent with a with a particular goal solves that problem and stops you from procrastinating by acquisition of information we yeah. we had a podcast a few episodes ago called why 90% of business books are bullshit mm-hmm. and yeah a bit of a clickbait title but it's more about the fact that a lot of these books have the same core concepts repeated over and over again and once you're reading the next book and it's only providing 10% new material, everything else is, is repetition. Maybe you need to stop and think, have I actually, have I done all of these things? Would I, would I have been better off reading back over the last one several times and completely nailing it? It's not giving the author the respect that they deserve when you just bash through their book and stick it on the shelf because that's their entire life work. And it could be a concept that if you only did that, it could change your life. If you only did that forever, you would be fine. Like Deep uh, work, for example. Exactly. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, uh, and this is, I think, you know, going back to sort of the, you know, you you veered off into slightly one of our other points, which is about kind of rereading being an important part of not turning your brain into mush. But the active recall side of things, I think, is is to avoid. So you know that ensures that you're avoiding the passive consumption of just like words at me. And I'm not saying that doesn't work because I, I think there is an element that does, but it's, it's about like, you're going to spend time reading the book. How do you then make sure that time was even, you know, was more valuable to you as a human being that, and that is about, you know, not being passive with the reading, you know, having discussions about it. Or as you said, like even just you close the chapter and you think, okay, well, you know, what was the what was the author actually trying to communicate? What was she saying about the the issue that she's talking about there? And all, all of this kind of stuff it is is so key to how you how you can take the value of the two three years that book has taken to write and that the lifetime really that's taken to write and actually take some material stuff to to make your day to day experience of life better. Totally, and it's it's a bit of a cliche the the whole Bruce Lee 
was it Bruce Lee? Or like, fear not the man who's practiced a thousand kicks, but the man who practices one kick a thousand times. Yeah. I think that if someone is constantly reading all the like top 10 Amazon list, they'd make for a good conversation. They'd make for a very good gobshite, but <laughs> they would not, but I, I think they would be, if you have someone who's read only, let's say E-Myth and Deep Work, like two very practical books about a very specific concept and read that, every month each that person would be so dangerous they wouldn't be a particularly interesting person but you, but you can guarantee they'd be very dangerous well no, i think this comes back to your kind of what's the goal of your reading and i think you, sh- you should be you should be intentional with what that is like you can read to be interesting and i i think it's a very enriching thing to read to be interesting but understand that that's what that is versus when you're reading to try and maybe improve your business or improve your life in a self-help context Versus when you just want a really fucking good story. Um, they, they all have their value, but I think understanding when you sit down in front of a book or in front of a Kindle or even in front of an article, what's, what's my kind of goal here? Like, There's no problem reading a good story. And I think a lot of the hustle porn culture are like, no, you should only be like reading things that like, but it's like, as you said, if the, as long as the intention is clear and if you're reading fiction at night to help you sleep, to make you more, more of an interesting person, great and actually you could argue not that you should be doing this for this reason but you could argue that it makes you a better content creator because if you're just a a all-round interesting person someone that someone would like to go and have a drink with and not just an all work no play dull boy yeah then content is just conversations it's just having a conversation with your audience and so if you can bring something interesting to the table and people enjoy listening to you particularly in the form of written or or podcast or um email if you're good at telling stories which we covered uh, in another episode with you then that is one of the big factors in bringing someone on board gaining their trust and eventually doing business with them well yeah and I, i think it's it's a really interesting thing that's often ignored in that conversation about like should I be reading business books? Business, that people that have written fiction have got people to listen to them for something that has no real tangible gain at the end of it. Like, obviously, they've told a good story and it's exciting. But in terms of like, if you were to go, if you were to meet like a econ, an econ undergrad who was maybe a bit too rational, hyper rational, they would be like, I do not understand the benefits of this to me financially, and you know, with fiction, it's, that's literally, so, so even by absorbing fiction as a business owner, if you're looking at it from that lens, you are learning from people that literally have figured out how to tell a story that doesn't even have a direct benefit to the person at the end of it. They are almost the best salespeople in the world, arguably. Copywriting <laughs> okay. is storytelling and the, the, the skills overlap so much. So um, much. I would say it's why doctors are often boring people because the medical training system doesn't leave any space for reading for pleasure. You are mm-hmm. only deep in learning about cardiology or about physiology or pathology. And, and so it ends up uh, just consuming your space. And that's why we often come across as, well, I like to think I'm not typical of doctors, but um, they, they can come across as very one-trick ponies. Or if you're in a, out in the group of, of friends and they're all docs, they'll all just be talking about medicine because 
there's no, there's no bandwidth for anything Nothing, else. There's no space. Yeah, so, no. mistake number two, just-in-case learning. We kind of covered this, um, but it's if you... So in the category of reading that you have, which is things to implement with your business, don't read just-in-case. Don't pick up a book about stock market investing if you haven't got a portfolio ready to invest because it it's masturbation in a sense. You'd be better off just reading a fiction book and enjoying it than reading something about something that you're trying to like hold on to the information, but you're not really putting it to use. And it's only going to atrophy over time. So you're better off when you are in need of learning a new skill, identifying a bottleneck and saying, how can I fix this one thing? Right. I'll go and read a book about it. And yes, directly put it into play and that's what that's really johnny is the extremist of that <laughs> and he's a pretty yes. pretty productive guy yeah he 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 won't read a book unless it's trying to solve a specific problem that he has identified through action and i that's think it. i mean I, that that's and that that's a really you know if you can get yourself to that place you're in a much better position to have your business actually running in the world as opposed to having all these you know I mean, I know this is a podcast, so it is also more content to consume, but hopefully it's like, I mean, well, this is even a bigger thing, but about the information diet and the information you consume is, you know, I'm sure there's going to be someone that's going to go really off the deep end. It's going to become this like general population psychology sort of thing. But the idea that you, the things that you think about and the things you expose your brain to are just as effective on your life as uh, the food that you consume. Now, big double-edged sword. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely. You know, the and we we i think we we touched on this recently of when you when people say i haven't got time to read and they're scrolling the news feed for two hours a day that is so worrying because yeah. it's totally indiscriminate or worse it's just what an algorithm decides that will get the most of your attention yeah i'll we'll get you angry by posting about this yeah that's not enriching at all and garbage in garbage out as you just said like if the information you feed yourself becomes the the content of your mind then if you read rubbish you're gonna be only be able to produce rubbish exactly but and then which which again is is why we come back to like why reading fiction might be important because these are some of like the concepts that are talked about within fiction within most of like the big fiction or, or even like less big fiction all of the concepts in there are generally big fiction is that like big farmer it's not quite like but like you know like high literature like pretentious like people in tweed jackets and sitting in a room nodding and going hmm yes these ideas of you know Uh, luckily that establishment's being slightly altered and more voices are being allowed in that's a different conversation but um you know if if you go so for the old man the sea for example is one of my favorite books and the old man in the sea is one of the best metaphors for, I think, how to have a genuinely engaged experience in life. And it's not about that. Ernest Hemingway at the beginning doesn't say, today we're going to be implementing the five tips and tricks. But that, that metaphor is so potent in my mind that I think about it at least once a week in relation to whatever task I'm doing. And it, it pairs with some of the nonfiction stuff that I've learned about, you know. And, and some of the more science stuff, but reading reading fiction to to have those metaphors at hand, your, your brain will connect ideas. It's an amazing little thing, the old brain. 
What's interesting there is you've, um, that's a fiction book that you've read a while ago, a story that's tapped deep into your structures. Yes. And, and the, the metaphors keep coming up in your head. Imagine as a copywriter, if you were able to do the same with your audience, how much better would you sell people onto your program if the metaphor really hit home with them and they were like, oh shit, I need to get myself into shape because Alex said so. And- because Alex said so. But no, I mean, and, and I think, well, and, and this is the thing of like, so copywriting is arguably done at a slightly less engaged level than, for example, writing a book of fiction. It's just, you can't because of the time trade-off. Like, you know, Old Man and the Sea would have taken a very long time to write and a very long time to edit. And every single word, every single sentence, every single comma would have been looked at. And Hemingway would have thought, well, it's a weird one because the writer's kind of gauge is more of a intuitive thing of like, this feels like it's ready. So with copywriting, you're not going to be able to go to that extreme end of trying to write a best-selling classic bit of copy, but understanding and absorbing sentences that have had that level of um, you know, attention paid to them is going to make your internal language kind of more in, the, in that sort of way. And you're going to be able to conjure up mm-hmm. sentences that are more eloquent, that are more, it's not even about eloquence because you get this like elitist education kind of <laughs> side of things. It's not about eloquence, but it's about impactful, are more meaningful to you and to other people. And yeah, sorry, the, that's, that's the, the most, the most articulate, accurate and incisive person that I know with the English language has just got the most incredible grasp. It was a guy I used to live with called David. And he, I asked him like, what's the secret? Like, trying to find like what's the one key hack and he was like look man there you know it, it's almost like asking a a bodybuilder like oh, what what's the secret and they're just like look it's just total volume over time and you're like oh but uh. <laughs> so and that was his answer he was like you just need to expose yourself to a lot of words and then they just form the structures in your mind and then you have command over them so no no real easy hack for that no not at all which uh, and that that will kind of bring us on to the the next side of things is that like yes you need to consume stuff but kind of the, the third reading habit that is turning your brain to mush is reading a book that you don't enjoy because everyone else likes the book now this is such a big waste of time uh, so i mean my my kind of rule is if you get 10 percent through a book and you don't like what's happening so far just put it down it's fine. And the cost that you spend, like the weird thing with books is like, oh, I, I, I used to find myself with this when I was younger. It's like, oh, I don't know which one, which one should I buy? I really want to like it. I really want to make sure it's, and like look at the free preview and like, that's a silly way to approach it because the return on the, you know, it's like old man in the sea. I don't know what I'm going to be worth over my lifetime, but that metaphor, depending on how well I do, is either going to be worth five figures, six figures, seven figures. I don't know. It depends where I end up in a, in a moment. But, but then even beyond like the monetary specific value, in terms of my ability to approach tasks and problems that I want to encounter, you know, that book was like a tenner. Yes, I may have spent more on all the books I've bought over my lifetime, but it doesn't matter because I found that one. You know what I mean? The return and, on investment is huge. It's like you, you entering multiple stocks and if one of them makes a thousand percent return, brilliant. And, that, and, and I, I do think books are the 
<laughs> other startups of <laughs> reading a book is the investing in a really cool startup of knowledge and information. Does that make sense? Yeah, the, they're basically modules that you can install in your brain, behavioral modules. And it's, even that is a metaphor. It's not, you know, and, yeah. and this is the thing is that, sorry, I, I'm sorry, I just get very excited about writing. Continue, Yusuf. <laughs> Loves metaphors. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So reading a book that you don't enjoy because everyone says that you should. I think the other side of that as well is that you will just grind through a book that you don't enjoy. And having the courage to say, you know what, this isn't for me and ditching it. And not feeling the ego hit of like, oh, but it's a classic, so I must, it must, it must be me that's wrong. Like I must be deficient, so I'm going to just persist with it. I tried Lord of the Rings, couldn't stand it. Thought it was an absolute. And there's probably people listening thinking like, how dare you? How could you? But it's just not for me. And I, I, I gave it 110 pages, I think, and then I was like, no. And I know I think you raise a really good point there about ego of like, just because everyone else says it's really good, you really want it to be really good. And some people will be like, well, no, I'm not an idiot. So I need to keep reading this because clever people or people I respect have said this is good. Fuck that. It's fine. Like there's so much, there's infinite information out there if you want to go down the YouTube route. But in terms of books, like there's more than a lifetime's worth of amazing books out there. So if you find yourself not liking the way that one of them is presented, fuck it off, bin it off. doesn't matter. It really doesn't like, so for example, I really like, I, I just found myself, even when I was young, engaging with kind of the images in like Russian literature, really dark, quite depressing, very, very over languagey. Some people are just not going to like that. That doesn't mean that Russian literature is better than any other literature. That's what I gravitate towards and what I found some value in. Pride and Prejudice, dull to me. Like sort of the, the English upstairs, downstairs, or the English, you know, sort of 19th, 18th century stuff. Yeah. So I, I think, well, that's it's a so blank. funny because, you know, uh, culturally, we're all we're we're like twenties, thirties, British males. We fit a similar demographic, but um, we, I have a client who's reading Pride and Prejudice, and he just he literally described it as it is sick, and it's one of the funniest books I've read. Yeah, I was like, what really? But yeah, it, it just they meet you at different places, and the subtlety here is that even the same book in the same person read at a different time read say a year apart yeah could have a totally different effect on you and your life so um well see, so yeah i know i think in relation to kind of you know building off what we've been talking about going back and rereading like never doing that thinking that once you've read a book once it's completed is a flawed i mean it goes back to what we said at the beginning but it's about making the most out of the books that really resonate with you um and if, if you have, for example, a deep work or whatever, literally whatever field of life it's in, if you find that reading it, something, it stirs something within, within you, finishing it and going, I finished it forever, I'm never going to revisit it, you are actually depriving yourself of something because you change a lot as a human being throughout your life. And really great books will kind of change with you or live with you in a different way. And, um, and, and that can be nonfiction, that can be fiction, it can be anything. Um, 
but definitely refusing to revisit a book because you like there's a ton on the list of bestsellers that you haven't read yet and you're like oh what if i'm missing something in here and, uh. yeah that that's that's the one i struggle with the most and you you're totally right like when you know you think how many have you read and how many have actually been true gems probably a small percentage of them so rather than like trying to find more you can just double down and read the other one again meet you at a different place and you know that it's a good one because literally you have read it so and this is always there's always stuff you'll miss and i I think i mean this is a this is a more of a a a larger question about society but the way that the way that books are produced it's very 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 hard to get a real book published and like the the bar for that is so high now there's conversations you can have about like market trends and blah, blah 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 but the fact a book generally makes it to market means that many people have appraised it and gone yes we think there is value in here in if that's a fiction book if it's a non-fiction book so this is this is why like be careful of people that haven't that have well this is why i'm not always anti-publishing your own thing but be careful if it's just someone's pdf versus if it's a book <laughs> they are two that's, different- a, that's a very good point because a lot of people are short-circuiting that signal of oh well if i call myself author and i just put a pdf on gumroad then i'll be seen as as credible as a actual author who had their book refereed yeah it's like it's it's the same as like someone who goes to the gym and like wears all the gym gear and then does shit workouts and it's like well they did go to the gym every day for five years they're wearing gymshock hold on now but so so and it is really the same is that the person that you need to trust in the gym is the person that's done the really hard work and that is really invested in their in their understanding of their own fitness, their own body, or, you know, and, they, and they've, they've put in some sweat and tears into it. Um, and the there's, same kind of goes... There's quite a lot of that. I mean, there's so many examples, like being a professor, like it used to be a very exclusive title. Yeah. Whereas now in, you can buy a professorship online from <laughs> University of Phoenix or um, everyone, you know, like uh, all these alternative health practitioners are calling themselves doctor or on Instagram, having lots of followers is almost like a shortcut to being credible. You can just buy your followers, for example. These really are like false signals. And I think being, this is a bit of a different conversation outside of the brain turning to, well, no, because it's still turning your brain to mush, <laughs> is that, you know, re- looking for this, those gems, as we talk about, those things that really are resonant ideas and doubling down on those and, whilst you you should apportion time to try to find these new gems or if it's like a specific issue that you're facing so like you know if it's i don't know say in your business if it was ads like reading a book that's only about ads not that's just general business practice that's going to be useful to you but just reading another framework of how to be efficient and productive is is not going to solve it Definitely. And most people will procrastinate with doing that rather than just mining the existing gems that they've already found. They'll spend more yeah. time seeking new ones that, because grass is always greener as human nature, isn't it? But mm-hmm. the boring stuff is to just take stock and be like, right, I've got all I need and right the here. Thing is, it's not even boring. It's just less instantly appealing. Like there's less instant gratification in thinking, I'm going to read this book for the third time in the last four years. Like it's so easy to be like, no, no, I need the new thing. Life's not life's not as I want it to be, so I need to go to a different thing. And like, and the the, the funny thing is, like every I, maybe it's just the way that our 
our kind of um, reticular activating system is is working for this. But every mistake that you have in business is reflected in fitness. And usually you've transcended those fitness mistakes that if you are a fit pro, if you're someone that um, coaches people online, you've all, you've got over that um, initial fitness menopause of program hopping and looking for the the ultimate supplement and training hack and so on. You've got a handle on it. But then sometimes that pattern moves up to business because there's there's not as clear principles and there's not the information's not as crystallized and so we kind of think oh well well Well, and and being like cynical there's so much more marketing going towards business books than there is going towards fitness stuff just because the like you can charge more for business than you can for a personal training session there's a hard limit on what a personal training session is ever gonna it's never gonna be ninety thousand pounds for a personal (laughs) training session whereas business books and like people that go to conferences and talk about, you know, people that deal with just because of the budgets, it's going to be more. So they know how to do the, Oh, let's make this object really shiny thing so that you leap there and you go, Oh yeah, this is going to solve it. This is it. This is, you know, Oh, look, there's this, Oh, the authors told a story about when their life was shit and now their life good. So let's, you know, Oh, this is going to be how we get there. And like the pathway is still down to fundamental things, just as it is in fitness. Like, so, Uh that reminds me, um, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the Contrapreneur formula, I cannot recommend it enough. Have you seen it, Alex? I, is this what you posted the other day? Maybe. It's a guy who goes around to all these different um, entrepreneurs, basically, like these, pe- these kind of make money online uh, people and just goes to their conferences. So he, he, ran, he set up an e-learning business, made 18 million and just decided to spend 500K on all these different courses and just to go to them and just see how they operate. And he undercover films them all and just goes through all the like psychological tactics they're using and stooges and fake um, people to, to stand in and little manipulation things like, Oh, well, you know, there's a lunch break now, but we're selling our stuff. And if you don't, um, if you go for lunch, then you're showing that you're not really committed and you don't want it hard enough. And so clever. Uh, Exactly. And so, and so I think that's why it is difficult when you're trying to run a business to read the, to not think that the next thing coming along is the new way. And I, I think there's also this technology is such a such an intimidating thing for a lot of people. Like just the idea of technology at large and like Facebook being some godlike thing that, could, you know, is it, it's all mathematical at the end of the day with Facebook. Like it's just some really, really clever mathematicians who have figured out how to do computing. But like... That's what it is. And it's not being scared of it, I think, makes people make weird decisions, irrational decisions, because they they because they don't understand it fully. Um, They're like, oh, online. Oh, this there's so it's so vast and infinite, which it is. But just like just like, you know, walking around the planet is kind of that would take fucking ages and would take forever. You'd still be walking like it wouldn't. Well, or you could get a car, but anyway, that's a different. <laughs> that's a different debate. But do you, cool. does that make sense, or was that a bit of a? It does. I lost you at the um, getting a car, but I think that's a good. <laughs> that's that's a good place to wrap up. We've we've definitely been through the um, the main mistakes that people make, ourselves included. We're always um, 
subject to it. We have to keep ourselves in check with stopping the shiny object syndrome or having a clear ratio of seeking to mining. Yes. So there we go. Yeah, guys. Beautiful. Okay. It's been the CD hour here at Propane. <laughs> See you next week for the next well, In fact, in two days for the next CD hour. Because we're now three episodes a week. So check back your commutes and training time is sorted now because you've got our beautiful voices in your ears at all times okay speak soon see ya want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels. The best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.